Thank you for listening. I can't believe we are already at the end of my first season. This has been so rewarding for me. If you've been listening all along, I appreciate you so much. Please know that every review, comment, message, DM, I appreciate. I do this for y'all. If it wasn't for your ears and your attention, I wouldn't have this show to produce at all. If this is your first time listening in, then I'm still glad you decided to make the decision to listen to me. I am your humble host, Larissa Denise, and we are here to learn more about Black, Brown, and Indigenous artists who produce my favorite form of art, poetry. This season, we have talked about different poems, poets, and themes that will make you fall in love with poetry. We've covered love, sex, adulting, Amiri Baraka, Morgan Parker, June Jordan, Tracy K. Smith, Arika Foreman, Audre Lorde, Lucille Clifton, George Elliott Clark, and last week, Craig Santos Perez. It's been a fun ride. All along the way, I have been sharing my own poetry as well. If you missed any of my pieces or you would like to revisit those reflection questions, go ahead and head to my website, poetryisfreedom.com. You can find everything you need there. So I wanted to end this season talking about community. I think the pandemic has helped everyone solidify who their true inner circle is. And maybe it's just you, but that's okay. Uh, We had to trust people. We had to trust that people were taking their precautions or trust that we knew who to trust. Uh, We could not hang out with people in person anymore. We had to honor their journey through a world crisis and give them space. But maybe your reconnection just became lax. Who knows? Either way, community is so important. And it was so necessary to think about how to get through something as crazy as the pandemic. But it's also important to think about how we live our lives. We come into the question of being alone, of loneliness, at so many different points in your life. When you're a kid, you know, maybe you have siblings and you don't really feel alone until you're at school and then you have to make your own friends outside of your siblings. You know, maybe you're in college and you didn't have the same kind of dorm experience that people talk about. Or you're in the workforce now and you don't really like your coworkers and you feel kind of alone. Or maybe you're older and children gone off and all those other things and that feeling of loneliness has come back. So talking about community is really, really important. One thing I hope we all take away is how much we gain from existing in a community that truly loves us as we are, love us. Maybe it's your college posse, your church family, your real family, your yoga partners, your brunch crew. We are born to be in community with one another and you deserve to feel loved by your tribe. In spite of the fallacy of white supremacy, anti-blackness, genocide, microaggressions, misogynoir, and all the things, you deserve to feel loved by your people. You are valuable. Your legacy extends beyond how other people define you. Don't let me preach, okay? 
Such an important discussion. I'm going to share an amazing piece by a poet who captures so much of the Black experience in America, the one and only Etheridge Knight. If you're unfamiliar with who Mr. Knight is, let me give you an elevator summary because we've actually featured a few poems from this movement, but I probably haven't explained what the movement actually was. So while the Black Power movement was happening in the 1960s, everyone was concerned with political action as a conduit of change, the Black Arts Movement featured a range of Black artists who wanted to create politically conscious art that inspired collective action. So they were part of the Black Power Movement, part of the Civil Rights Movement, and poetry was one of the most popular forms associated with this Black Arts Movement. Very short movement, some people call it unsuccessful. It's up to you to define that for yourself. Other prominent black art, arts poets of the time are Gwendolyn Brooks, Nikki Giovanni, Amiri Baraka, you know, some people who we've read on the show earlier in the season, Mari Evans, Lorraine Hasbury, Ishmael Reed, and Sonia Sanchez, who was actually the spouse of Etheridge Knight from 1968 to 72. So let's get into a little bit about Mr. Knight's life. He is Mississippi-born, injured in the Korean War. He experiences substance abuse and was convicted of robbery in 1960. During an eight-year stint in prison, poetry changes his life. He's visited by other poets of the day. He's writing and reading voraciously, and his poetry is in tune with his condition. He says himself, and I quote, I died in Korea from a shrapnel wound and narcotics resurrected me. I died in 1960 from a prison sentence and poetry brought me back to life. Powerful. So eventually he wins a Pulitzer, a nomination for the National Book Award and immense respect from the literary community. This man is a legend. If you want to read a poet who really engages with the Black experience in a critical way, Etheridge is your guy. His poetry is rich, and you are in for a treat today because I will be reading one of his pieces that I really enjoy. It's called The Idea of Ancestry. One, taped to the wall of my cell are 47 pictures, 47 black faces, my father, mother, grandmothers, one dead, grandfathers, both dead, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, cousins, first and second, nieces and nephews. They stare across the space at me sprawling on my bunk. I know their dark eyes, they know mine. I know their style, they know mine. I am all of them, they are all of me. They are farmers, I am a thief. I am me and they are thee. I have at one time or another been in love with my mother, one grandmother, two sisters, two aunts, one went to the asylum, and five cousins. I am now in love with a seven-year-old niece. She sends me letters in large block print and her picture is the only one that smiles at me. I have the same name as one grandfather, three cousins, three nephews, and one uncle. The uncle disappeared when he was 15. 
just took off and caught a freight, they say. He's discussed each year when the family has a reunion. He causes uneasiness in the clan. He is an empty space. My father's mother, who is 93 and who keeps the family Bible with everybody's birth dates and death dates in it, always mentions him. There is no place in her Bible for whereabouts unknown. Two, each fall, the graves of my grandfathers call me. The brown hills and red gullies of Mississippi send out their electric messages galvanizing my genes. Last year, like a salmon quitting the cold ocean leaping and bucking up his birth stream, I hitchhiked my way from LA with 16 caps in my pocket and a monkey on my back. And I almost kicked it with the kinfolks. I walked barefooted in my grandmother's backyard. I smelled the old land in the woods. I sipped corn whiskey from fruit jars with the men. I flirted with the women. I had a ball till the caps ran out and my habit came down. That night, I looked at my grandmother and split my guts were screaming for junk, but I was almost contended. I had almost caught up with me. The next day in Memphis, I cracked a croaker's crib for a fix. This year, there is a gray stone wall damming my stream, and when the falling leaves stir my jeans, I pace my cell or flop on my bunk and stare at 47 black faces across the space. I am all of them. They are all of me. I am me, they are thee, and I have no children to float in the space between. Powerful. If you can't tell by the hints in this piece, I believe this is a poem he wrote in prison, and it's, it's so captivating to me. How is it that you can think about legacy from a prison cell as a black man during the civil rights era? What? Like, that is amazing to me. The word that I keep coming back to in this line, he says, I know their dark eyes, they know mine. Painstaking, so powerful. His use of numbers and everything. Oh, I'm getting too excited, okay. Let's reflect a little bit with some questions that maybe you can use for your own writing. Where do you keep pictures of your family? How well do people know you? What does the phrase empty space mean to you? What does it feel like to be home? Where is home for you? Imagine yourself in the place where you first felt loved. Describe that scene. Thank you so much for listening in today. I can't believe this is the last episode. I know I said that at the beginning, but I, I really can't believe it. Thank you for listening. I don't know how you listen, why you listen. I'm just glad you are in. I'm glad you are engaging in one of the most beautiful art forms in the world, in my opinion. Probably the best. Eh, second close to music, okay. So before I let you go, I just want to thank you for listening once again. 
I think that this whole entire idea, it really came from my own love of poetry. It also came from my own feelings of wanting to engage with an art form that I feel is so liberatory and wanting to be intentional about the time I spent being creative. I, you know, definitely have friends, I have a partner, but it's still really easy to feel alone. And for some people, I think music is a way to kind of engage and feel like you're connected to other people or connected at least to a movement or a feeling or a mood. And I think poetry can really do that. And this is a small shout out to a few of my close friends who write poetry with me. It, it literally started in the middle of the pandemic because we were all just, you know, we're all just struggling. And so actually two of my friends, we, you know, have biweekly calls. We talk about our lives and we're able to also inspire each other to write poetry, choose different themes. We, there's like a paint chip game, paint chip poetry game where you are given a color and a few words and a prompt and all this stuff. It's really, really fun if you're into poetry. If you, you know, I hope that the reflection questions that I provide are helpful for writing, but that game honestly is also a really great way to help you feel like you have some sort of inspiration for writing and you have, you know, words to use and a theme to tackle. So get it if you can, but shout out to the Sunflower Collective because y'all are my girls for real. Uh, Also want to shout out my partner, my amazing partner who definitely inspired me and kept me able to do this and given me some encouragement when I really didn't want to. Also my best friend, Kai. So yeah, I think I'm done with all the shout outs. There's so many people to thank, so many people to be mindful of. This, it doesn't end here, y'all. It does not end here. This is only the first season. I hope there are many more. I really wanna know what everyone is thinking. So let me know in the comments, send me a DM, text me if you have my number. Let me know what you're thinking, what you wanted to learn more about and didn't get to learn more about in this season, or something that I touched on that you want me to go deeper into. It could just be a poet who you really want to read. Um, By no means is this season representative of all of the amazing poets. I mean, I didn't even get to do a Maya Angelou poem. Like, there's so many different artists who I really, really want to tackle. So please don't think that this is substantive. This is simply a sample, you know, for the purposes of showing you part of the reason why you should love poetry. We can talk about anything, say it how it needs to be said. We don't have to sugarcoat anything. You can cuss, you can talk about sex, you can critique society, you can talk about that uncle that you don't like. You can do whatever you want. It is art for you. You can break every rule, put a period at the beginning and the end of the sentence, put a question mark in between every letter. You, you can break every rule that you want. It's your art. Poetry is for you, okay? You don't have to be published. You don't have to create something that looks like a full sonnet from William Shakespeare 
Create what is natural to you. A poem could be a tweet, y'all, like for real. It is for you, it is accessible. Please, please, please do not think that there are barriers of entry to this form of art. Make it, write it, do it. Pick up a pen and I honestly hope that you set down your phone or you turn it off in order to enjoy. Please do. This is for you. This is for you. Okay, so once again, thank you for listening. This is not the end. This is only season one. Holla at me. Let me know what you want to see, what you didn't get to see, or what you want to see more of. And please do some writing today, tomorrow, this week, somehow. But before you go... This is Hill Country. What can the dead do for the living? Or what can we say when rose petals look like envy and black is no longer color but shape? What can we do when our shadows look like rainbow prisms and the floorboards creak at every step? Or how do we handle the weightlessness of grief when inevitably gravity will sentence us to the dust? We pick up our scattered dreams in green pastures and relinquish our bones like rainfall into the ocean. And it all falls down. Thank y'all so much for being here. If you want to find all of our information about what happened this week, what I'm still thinking about, what I'm reflecting on, head on over to our Instagram page at Poetry is Freedom. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Poetry is Free Pod. If you want to follow me, your host, Larissa Denise, on my personal Twitter account, you can find me at Say Larissa Denise. That is S-A-Y-L-A-R-I-S-A-D-E-N-I-S-E. If you want to find where I got my poetry, can I read it again? Oh my gosh, it was so amazing. Go ahead and head over to poetryisfreedom.com. And of course, please leave a review if you loved it. If you hated it, tell me why. I would love to hear all of your thoughts, suggestions, and comments. Y'all have a great day. United States. <laughs>